the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, just doing a simple review of some things that we need to do better as we accumulate wealth. Some of it's easy, some of it's tough. Live within your means. Pretty obvious. Failure to set goals will cost you. Not saving enough for how long you're going to live. Ronald Reagan lived until he was 93 years old. The last 33 years of his life. No, no, not the last 33 years of his life. He lived till he was 93, but the last 33 years of his life were spent in retirement. And the last 10 years of his life were in very bad health. I saw my grandmother go through it. She was eventually put into a state-run hospital as her Alzheimer's was kicking in. As a boy who was six years old, I remember Alzheimer's is, that sucks. She used to make me chocolate milk. And here she is bedridden at the end of Alzheimer's. And it's grotesque. If you've never seen a bed sore, once you see one, you're like, that's what that is. When you've been laying down and you haven't been moving enough. Her feet fell. What do I mean by that? Right now, if you lay on your back, your feet will probably point to the air. Her feet flopped. Her bones kind of turned to, to soup. So know that you're going to live maybe just till 93 like Ron Reagan. And the last 10 years are going to cost you well over a million dollars. Or at least plan on it. There's ways to fail. Failure to keep enough cash. Failure to create a budget. Failure to keep your debt under control. Failure to update your wills and paperwork. Too much short-term focus. Um, the recession of the tech collapse in 2000, 2002. I'll never buy a tech stock again. Whoops, that was a mistake. 2006, 2008, the housing recession. Um, you can't trust the financial system. I'm just going to keep everything under my mattress. The pandemic. We're all going to die. And like, there's too much of a short-term focus. You got to look at it as 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And you know the best way to do that? I used to have a chart on my wall when I first got into the industry. And it was the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And it was like 60 years history. Now you could probably look at like 100-year history, 70, 80-year history. And what you're going to notice on the chart is it starts in the lower left and it slowly creeps up, climbs the stairs to the upper right corner. You're like that looks like a pretty damn good return over time, and it, on the chart it tells you World War One, World War Two, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, Vietnam War, Korean War, high oil, low oil, presidents shot, presidents assassinated. It shows you everything that you can get into a short-term focus on, and freak yourself out over. I now love disasters. I now love calamity. I once said on air, and it's one of the most ridiculous things I ever said. The man who has made me the most money on Wall Street is not Warren Buffett. 
not being like Warren, not studying his cash flow analysis. It's not the tech guru. Nope. Um, who was it? I said it was always Saddam Hussein because whenever he would invade Iraq or did he invade Equate, excuse me, <laughs> he didn't invade his own country. The Wall Street would freak out, sell down. And then a year, two years, three years later, we we're at all time highs. And he did it a second time. I was like, sweet. And then we caught him in a pit like an animal. And the Iraqi people eventually killed him. I'm like, please let him escape. Please let him escape. And I know that this is back. This isn't even funny anymore. Back then it was kind of funny because we were allowed to say dumber things and not get canceled. But disasters where I made the most of my money, the most of the return of the wealthy come from buying when things are low, not when they're high. So don't get too caught up in short-term focus. And I think another area where people fail, financially speaking, is not being educated. Um, I know people who bought digital currency when it became the rage as digital currencies, crypto, were running. And you didn't have time to study. You didn't have time to go like, when does this go bad? Or when should I pull out? Like, what is the consequence here of letting it ride? What does history tell me? It's and you didn't have a history report. So you got to educate yourself. Now, here's what I saw yesterday in the news, and it kind of pissed me off a little bit. It was an article, I believe it was in the Wall Street Journal. It might have been Barron's. It basically said crypto educators are making millions, even though their advice is costing you millions. And I, I stopped and thought there for a second. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I know a guy named David who he used to be a tech uh, worker and he's left the field so he can be an influencer in crypto. And he is not a smart person when it comes to financials. He's okay when it comes to setting up your router and your network for corporate use. Um, but he doesn't really know much. And then there's um, Lisa, which is fantastic. Uh, that's not even her real name. And it was funny because I saw her quoted in an article and it had her real name. And she does a thing where she gets on Instagram and she gets to one of your friends and she gets to all your friends' friends and she goes, hey, I'm a crypto person kind of thing. So she's working it hard at Instagram. Um, I followed her because I thought it would be a good idea to have a young person on who could talk a little crypto. Um. And at one point in time, she says, um, yeah, I'm going to need to be paid for this because she's getting paid by a crypto firm that's now basically almost out of business. Um, she's not good looking. She just does social media posting well. Like she's not, you know, all beauty and no brains, but her brains aren't there either. Um, and she'll say things like, do you trust the president to regulate crypto? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Doesn't matter buy crypto so she wanted to be paid i'm like you know i'm offering you a top spot on a top 10 nationwide financial podcast and you're asking for money you're an idiot and sure enough she's an idiot so be careful who you're getting educated from um she doesn't even use her real name that's a big problem she gives investment advice she's gonna get sued even if she doesn't think she's gonna get investment advice she's gonna get sued for giving investment advice be careful who is your Buddhas. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 
irreverent, over-the-top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Let's talk about what we're seeing yesterday and today and look towards tomorrow for the ways to invest. Next segment, I'm going to be talking about an very investable segment based on law. It's back to school week rolls on. Got to remind you that this is a show about education of getting you to retirement. You listen, I'll do my best to help. NASDAQ down 1% yesterday, not so bad. Friday, Jerome's pal spoke up and, oh, did he say inflation is a problem and we're going to be fighting that problem. He made it the boogeyman. He made it his number one enemy. He was very firm and terse in his statement. Markets fell apart on Friday after having a little bit of a summertime rally. SP 500 was down one, two thirds of 1% yesterday. The Dow Jones and Australia was down one half of 1%. So Friday was a massive sell off, a big one. Monday, not so much. What will happen today? Yesterday, it was particularly in tech where there was the post Jerome Powell speech slump. On a Bloomberg podcast, Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari said he was happy to see how investors responded to Powell's Jackson Hole remarks, saying now people understand the seriousness of our commitment to getting inflation back down to 2%. And yet still the talking heads on CNBC and Bloomberg yesterday were saying a lot of, yeah, as we get closer to, he'll probably be a little bit nicer. He'll probably worry more about the economy because he doesn't want to be known as the Federal Reserve Chairman who caused a recession. Every Federal Reserve Chairman, I think, has caused a recession because we have a recession every four years. Maybe four to six, but it's also tied towards spending plans of presidents and getting the votes and things like that. And they they're a lot shorter than they used to be, so it's a little, you know, we've been talking about Russia and natural gas and oil in Europe. It's going to be a cold winter. And we're to fight that. We're now starting to talk about firing up the nuclear power plants. There's a couple of reasons that the world doesn't like power plants. Japan has had a massive meltdown. Due to, of all things, the ocean. Um, we got to build better, was the argument that started to develop in the last week or two. And you're seeing more people like Elon Musk give a big thumbs up sign to nuclear as far as a cleaner energy. But what if terrorists get control? Totally agree. That kind of stuff has to be figured out. California. The last nuclear power plant and aging facility operating since 1985, known as Diablo Canyon, was set to retire in 2025. Now, Gavin Newsom is targeting an 11th hour effort to keep the facility open for an extra decade. Unprecedented stress on the state's energy system faces a reason to keep it open. Diablo Canyon supplies about 9% of the entire state's electricity, 17% when looking solely at carbon free sources. 
Severe droughts have hampered, though, hydroelectric power in the state, and supply chain issues have delayed wind and solar projects. I kind of, I, I'm, I think I'm pro-nuclear. Sorry, 60s hippie, but I think I'm pro-nuclear. And people like Bill Gates are working on like really small nuclear power plants. Safety is a concern, and I don't live anywhere near the Diablo Canyon. It's extremely close to a fault line, and what we saw happen in Japan with the ocean. Could it happen in California with a fault? The reactor sits 650 yards from a fault. That doesn't seem like a lot of yards from a fault. The cooling system of the Diablo Canyon uses 2.5 billion gallons of ocean water every day, killing millions of sea creatures each year. And yet, do we want oil and natural gas? What's behind the uh, recent talk about going nuclear again? It's Russia. If you don't think Putin's war is against the United States, I think you're wrong. It's against all of Europe. It's against all of Western countries, except for China, India, Iraq, or Iran, rather, and maybe a little Saudi Arabia thrown in there. And it is a war. It's an economic war. I know you're saying those don't count. Count to uh, most Americans who are paying higher energy bills. Um, Staying in this lane. There is a... No, I don't want to go there. I was going to talk about top 10 credit cards this year, but maybe I'll get to that later. It just doesn't feel right right now. Serena Williams won her opening match at the U.S. Open with literally every celebrity in the world in attendance. I thought that was pretty cool, just in case it was her last. She got a microphone afterwards and started bawling. I love it when a uh, athlete, or even better, when the fans of like a college town lose like the title game, and you see all the, the college kids that came there knowing they're going to win, and they lose, and they're just bawling on national TV. I love to see a good cry. Um. She's only going to work for so many years in her life. You're only going to work so many years in your life. She's made enough to live till the day she dies. Have you? The United States government is no longer going to offer free COVID tests as of Friday, blaming Congress for failing to provide sufficient funding. Honda and LG Energy Solutions are investing $4.4 billion in an EV battery plant inside the United States. Now getting the ability to source that material to build is their next problem. Will it be a turnaround Tuesday? Is that too snarkily said of me? After a sell-off on Friday? Looks like it. Um, and again, we sold off with the Fed basically saying, we're going to do whatever it takes to get rid of inflation. We hate you inflation. We're going to raise interest rates even if it causes a recession. No one believes they want to cause a recession. Everyone knows they raise interest rates too high as they take a year to trickle completely into the economic system. Although I told yesterday, nine months is a more appropriate amount. We haven't even felt those 150 basis points, the 275 basis points. They're not even in the system yet. Best Buy is showing us the truth out there. They topped fiscal second quarter estimates by a wide margin, but it did so on a 12.8% year-over-year decline in sales and a 12.1% decline in comparable same-store sales. I went into a Best Buy the other day, and it was pretty empty. 
They said that they expect their third quarter comparable same store sales to decline slightly more than 12.1%. So they're already showing us recessionary type numbers. Year over year, negative growth. Two quarters in a row. It's not the technical definition of recession when it's one corporation, but you see what I'm trying to get at. They also said that they had really easy comparisons this time last year as people were still locking themselves down and buying equipment for their home. I know I bought a second microphone. I know that I bought my kids another computer. Like I, I stocked up on electronics. I was part of the problem. Yesterday was devoid of any big economic news, and yet today we get the release of the June housing price index, the Case-Shiller home price index, the JOLTS report, and the August consumer confidence report. And then Friday, we get the big one, the jobs report. Tuesday through Friday, big this week with economic data. Monday, not so much. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show. I don't think I was alarmed because it's not that big of a story. U.S. mortgage lenders are starting to go bankrupt. How this one factor could be triggering the worst surge of failure since 2008. The real estate market just can't catch break right now with inventory of resale homes remaining low and rising interest rates. Now you can add a mortgage lender bankruptcy. Um. Non-qualified mortgages are starting to become more of a question. Like, what is a non-qualified mortgage? What does it mean? Should I get one? Should I not get one? Non-qualified mortgages use non-traditional methods of income verification. They're frequently used by those with unusual income scenarios. They're self-employed or have credit issues. They make difficult the process of getting a loan. First Guarantee Mortgage and Sprout Mortgage, a pair of firms that specialized in non-traditional loans, are failing. Sprout Mortgage simply shut down. First Guarantee went into bankruptcy protection. Tied towards interest rates, this is telling you something. It's getting a little bit tougher out there. Don't read too much into it, but know that that story is out there. Another interesting story, credit scores still sit at all-time high despite some deterioration in how Americans are faring financially. This was interesting. The study came out late yesterday, and it talked about how people who – how let's go through the data. National average credit score right now sits at all-time high of 716, unchanged from a year ago. It marks the first time since the Great Recession that scores did not improve year over year. Although scores overall are still high, they're also widely different from due to race and due to ethnicity. We're leveling, leveling off on the pre-pandemic norms. That's good. It's kind of expected. Credit scores have held steady despite dramatic uh, scenarios unfolding on Wall Street. Cost of living, which has caused more consumers to rely on credit, credit card balances. Utilization rate is a very important part of your credit score. It's one of the many factors that can influence your score. You typically want to use or you want to keep your utilization rate 30% below your available credit. 
because there is an algorithm that you can hack and get a better credit score. There's a lot of factors here, including inflation, jobs market, housing. What makes for a good credit score versus a bad credit score? And, you know, obviously um, during the pandemic, President Biden's most recent announcement that payment pause on most federal student loans, that helped credit scores from people who were behind. So this is kind of a padded statistic right now. And yet some weird truths and ugly truths are that young adults and majority black and majority Hispanic communities have lower average credit scores than white counterparts. About one third of 18 to 29 year olds in majority black communities and more than one quarter, 26% in majority Hispanic communities saw their credit scores decline. Credit scores are important. They're not the end all be all if you're going to determine if you're going to be successful or not, but they are important. It shows you that you're playing the game correctly. Try to keep your utilization under 30%, never miss a late payment or never create a late payment on yourself. Those are the two of the biggest parts of it. There's a great app called Credit Karma. It is free. It is going to require you to authenticate yourself and, and give up your social security number. And it's going to run your credit report. And to tell you how you can improve it and not improvement. I have it on my phone right now. Let's find out while we're live and on air. Let's, let's hope someone hasn't hacked my account, right? Okay, I'm going to my app. I hit that. It's going to ask me for a little four-digit pen. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you're sneaky and you're trying to hack me. Ooh, I have a 797. Um, it's considered excellent. Highest you can get is 850. I don't think I've ever seen an 850. I'm trajecting higher. My payment of history is 100%. It has a high impact. My credit card use is at 8% right now. It has a high impact. My derogatory marks, zero. That has a high impact. Total accounts, 28. Very low impact on my score. Two hard inquiries, low impact. My credit age is five years, 10 months. And that's the only one that I'm not doing great in. I got It's fair. So I have some young credit because every now and then... I'll drink a Schlitz malt liquor bowl. I'll go, I'm getting Alaska Airlines credit card. And I forget to read the details. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was the detail. I don't want that. So I instantly closed the card and I just changed the average age of my credit. Like, you're kidding me. But remember a couple of years ago, Apple came out with a credit card. I got it. Um, I was like, hey, 3% back anytime I buy a Mac or a, a phone or a, a wireless headset. I'm an Apple ecology only person. Seem like it. let's figure this out. Let's find out if it's a good deal, bad deal for people. That's my youngest credit card at two years and eight months. That's making my average credit history, how long I've had that cards, very, very low. And yet the highest is Barclays at 10 years and two months. What's interesting about that, that's tied towards Banana Republic. When they have like 10, 20, 30% off because if you use a Banana Republic card or a Gap card or Old Navy card, I'm like, eh. I don't even think I've used it in a couple of years. So I'm going to go use it soon just to make sure they don't shut it down on me because that's helping my pathetic two-year and eight-month credit card. My JP Morgan Chase, eight years, eight months. My Citibank card, seven years, 10 months. Uh, Hilton American Express, almost four years. So I'm kind of like my own worst enemy here. I didn't have to get the Apple card. It's what I'm getting at. Some other headlines to play around with um, and to move forward with. Best credit cards in 2022. 
I'll do that next segment. This segment, I want to talk a little about electric vehicles and give you a quick little quiz. Do you remember when the United States, uh, not the United States government, excuse me, when Gavin Newsom said, we want to be 100% electric vehicles by 2035? Does that seem impossible to you? Try to guess a percentage in your head where we are today in California. How? What percentage of new cars sold? Last year, we sold 2 million cars in California, or that's the most recent data. What percentage of them were electric vehicle or zero emission? And here in your head, you're playing the Jeopardy music. You're going, doo, 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 doo. how many cars in California were sold that were electric cars or hydrogen or some sort of clean zero emission uh, automobile? We sold 2 million total cars, 562,070 cars last year were sold that qualify as zero emission. So that means we're already over 25%. So to get to 100%, it's not going to be that difficult. The goal in 2025, we're already there. Like we can do this. It's not impossible. It wasn't a crazy thing to say, but listen to this. Uh, how do I go here? The states with the highest electric vehicle purchases, California is at 562,000. Florida is at 95,000, Texas at 80,000, Washington, and then New York. Who would have thought Florida and Texas were number two and three in electric vehicles? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. One of the things that I waste money on is a good concert experience for me and my children. I love live music. It's a way of expressing hate and anger and when you're in the 1990s growing up in the 80s and you get that teen angst you get that nirvana you get that pearl jam it meant a lot to me to be exposed to that in that period of my life so i tried to expose my kids to what is alternative rock now because i think there's similar angst that's something i waste money on what do you waste money on it's probably i skimp elsewhere so i can Break my budget there. So last segment, I was talking about how many cars are sold in California. And I didn't get through the segment as well as I should have. California is roughly at 24% of all vehicles are now electric vehicles or zero emission, which is what direction they're going at. I was surprised Florida's number two. Texas number three. You think of Texas like big gas, gas guzzling vehicles. Washington State, I would have predicted it was there. New York State, maybe not. I wouldn't have predicted it was there. Because I think of New York State as kind of um, cold. And electric vehicles don't do great in cold. Some of the headwinds on electric vehicles versus new cars that California is going to face as we try to hit that mandate of no gas-powered vehicles sold new by 2035. Electric vehicles cost on average $66,645. There's a lot of demands. The prices aren't falling. Whereas a new car is 48182 In fact, in the last month or two, most major EV makers have upped the price of their vehicles that they're selling, even if you're waiting in line for a reservation due to the cost of securing the batteries. I'm sure it's a little bit more than just the batteries, but you get the idea. Lithium is the number one ingredient that goes into electric vehicles. It is something we are in short supply of. It is a rare earth mineral. That is not brutally tough. 
Um, it's a mineral that's been around since the 1800s. Some of the battery technology early on was highly flammable. Lithium ion technology enables lighter, longer lasting, rechargeable battery capable of holding much larger quantities of electricity. Lithium industry is very capital intensive. That's the problem with it. EV sales grew 50% in 2020, which led lithium prices to skyrocket 550%. Now, when you look at the percentage of states that have similar gas mileage mandates in place as California does, it's the total's 14. If they all go in on the same 50%, uh, let's eradicate electric vehicles slowly but surely by 2035. I didn't say electric vehicles there. Let's eradicate gas-powered new sales by 2035. There's going to be a crazy demand for lithium. The demand right now is around 500,000 tons. By 2030, it'll be 4 million tons. Very capital-intensive. There's ways to invest in lithium. Um, keep in mind, I think these this data point is not pie in the sky. I think it's I think we're moving towards more electric vehicles. I do not think it's crazy. I do not think it's a statistic like one in four Americans will make up twenty five percent of all Americans. I I I, I see the flaw in that. So. I'm doing the research and I've done this for you already once on this show, twice on this show. Now I'll do it a third time using the same exact source material. Ways to invest in, li- in lithium. There's a company called Albemarle, ticker symbol ALB. It's one of the largest producers of lithium in the world. They're also one of the most integrated companies that deal with lithium, having a strong vertical approach for mining, extraction, and purification. They've got the lowest cost of the industry for lithium hydroxide production, the processed lithium that is used in batteries. Company is looking to scale its extraction operations in Nevada. Another company is Piedmont Lithium, ticker symbol PLL. It's a mining and conversion company that is well positioned for growth. For all you dorkheads who bought cryptocurrency, oh, it's going to 100,000. Why is it going to 100,000? I don't know. I'm telling you, lithium's going higher. Why is it going higher? Because of mandates like zero gas-powered vehicles sold in 2035, potentially in up to 14 states. Now you know. I used to love those, and now you know. It's in the, the whole, on a very special episode of Blossom. Blossom's best friend gets pregnant. What's she going to do? What's she going to do when they come for you? So how I would play lithium or how I would start the research in playing lithium is look at the ETF, L-I-T. It's short for lithium. It's got the first three letters of lithium in it, right? L-I-T. It's Global X Lithium and Battery Tech. Am I telling you to buy it? No, 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 no. Am I telling you the math is starting to add up? Like This is a crazy trend. And Ford and GM aren't going to be able to say, I'm sorry, California, we've got to still sell gasoline-powered vehicles in your state. They're not going to sell vehicles if they don't acquire enough lithium. So LIT can be a valuable diversification tool for investors who want to reap long-term benefits of lithium holdings. Um, Consult a broker advisor for action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show or any stock ideas ever mentioned on the show. 
there's a lot of lithium plays that have five letters. When it's a stock ticker that has five or six letters, it tells you that they have really crappy financials. It is a sign that you do not want to play here. You may say, but Rob, I want to turn a penny stock into a bazillion dollars. There's a company called American Lithium. It's a penny stock. It's an over-the-counter. I would not buy it with your money. I would not buy it with your enemy's money. I would not buy it with my enemy's money. It's too speculative for me. Could it be a home run? Absolutely. But I gave you the players. Consultant work advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. It's really going to be up to you. Now, keep in mind also with um, lithium demand, there's different ways of looking at the lithium ion batteries. There's battery plants, there's renewable power, there's electric electrical transmission, there's smartphone industry, all using lithium. I, I just think it's robust. And again, is it a no-brainer? Statistically to me, it looks like it. Does that mean the company is going to be well-shepherded and managed and live up to their goals? Could they price themselves out? Could Tesla say, you know, lithium's too expensive. We're not going to do it. We're going to start making um, Teslas that are run on apple juice. It's probably not going to happen like that. Elon Musk, we're going to put a small nuclear reactor in your car. Don't worry about getting into car accidents. We got you covered. I will say this about Elon Musk. I don't trust anything he says anymore. He just seems to talk a little bit too much. So Friday, we get Fed Chairman Jerome Powell saying, I'm going to fight inflation until it gets down to 2%. Gosh, dang it. I'm going to hit this six shooter right here. It's called higher interest rates until it comes lower. And the market sold off bigly. And then on Monday, they didn't sell off bigly, but they fell. And on Tuesday, we're like rally mode, rally mode. Ra- oh, no, we're selling off. So he changed the tenor. He changed the argument. He's not coming to help. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, no, don't wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because you're confusing me. He has to try to get... Um, he has to try to get inflation under control. Runaway inflation for the long term is a much bigger problem than a recession. We need a recession in my mind, maybe in his mind. He said there's going to be pain. He wasn't talking all, uh, Mr. T, this, what do you predict for the economy? Pain. He actually did say that. <laughs> he pulled a Mr. T from Rocky Three on us. And people are starting to believe him. So you're seeing a lower market today. I would like us to see it go to the June lows and either break through them and keep the bear market going lower or hold in support and confirm like maybe now's a good time to position a little bit more. I don't like to see straight down, straight back up. I like to see a test of lows. And if they don't hold, that's a good sign to me because eventually they're going to break. It's not a good foundation. Stocks are extending losses now after a two-day Powell sell-off becomes a three-day Powell sell-off. Powell, 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 Powell. Um, Where Americans are fighting inflation the hardest right now, the Federal Reserve can do almost nothing. It's at the energy level with gasoline and 
oil and natural gas, and it's in food. Best Buy has already said we're not buying as many gadgets as we used to. Consumer behavior is shifting to lower priced items in the category of food. The high-end products are like organic beef sausage. Consumers are saying, just give me the sausage with all the hormones in it. Um, or if you want the sausage without the hormones, you're paying a premium driving up costs. So instead of diet buying deli meats, they're buying canned tuna and chicken. Beans are going up, uh, selling well. Of course, we're all buying smaller packs of the same exact thing that we were paying $2 for, but we're buying getting 10 to 20% less of it. And now you're saying, what are you buying for $2 at a grocery store? Not very much. Dollar General CEO said last week, the company's earnings that they've seen consumers coming to their stores to save money on groceries. There's nothing the Fed can do about food costs. Um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. If you need a referral to a financial planner, I use a financial planner. I am wealthy. I'm not afraid of paying for the fees of it. Don't go into retirement without a plan. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.